You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. All right, guys, welcome, welcome to solo episode five. So happy to be having this conversation with you. I know we had Sabrina do a solo episode on team as well, but I actually really wanted to do one too, because I feel like that's been such an important theme this season as you obviously have listened to, and I think as evidenced by, you know, us kind of taking that pause last session too. So I feel like it's just a really, really important conversation. I think it's especially important because as a seven figure business owner, it is the absolute backbone of, of your business and what you're doing. And so in listening to this season, I feel like we really cannot underscore the value of truly leaning into team creating the most optimal team, the best experience for you as a CEO. Like it just feels like there's nothing more important here to talk about at this point, because if you don't have the right team, things can really feel extra hard and cause resistance and resentment in lots of other areas of the business. And I think we've seen a little bit of that this season. And so I just really want to speak to here are some of the ways we can create this experience. I think transparently, it feels so important to say that almost every multiple six, seven figure business owner that I support has had team challenges, like slash has had to focus on team as one of the most important pieces of their business. I think that that doesn't always get talked about enough. I think, you know, it almost feels like that's the thing that should be running so well. And if it's not, you're doing something wrong. And that is absolutely not true. For most of my clients at that level, the two biggest focus points are mindset and team, not because strategy doesn't matter, but because they've have that more nailed at that point, what they really have to lean into is mindset because duh, right? Especially when you're holding a business at that level and then team, because that is the execution of your business. Right. And so it feels so important to say like, this is an ongoing thing, right? We're obviously meeting Sabrina in a particularly challenging version of that at this moment. And then she's also had plenty of times in business where that's been flowing really well. And then I know for sure she will have more challenges in the future because that's what we all have. And that's how this stuff tends to flow. So just wanting to really normalize that if you're listening to this and you're like, gosh, like I've had team challenges too. Please do not make yourself wrong about that. It's because it's such an important part of our business. And obviously because we're all humans dealing with other humans, it can sometimes be one of the more challenging parts, but it's also one of the most important. And so finding ways to create the best experience possible, really focus your energy and attention there is so worth it and so important. So that's what we're going to dive into today. I'm going to give you some ways to create really the optimal team and experience for you as the CEO too. I think that so much of the team is about feeling like held and supported while you show up and do the things that you need to do. And so finding a way to create that experience and really put yourself in the CEO role is so valuable and so important. So we're going to talk about quite a few ways to do that. So let's dive in. One of the first things that I always say to clients that I am constantly working on myself that feels so obvious, but is something that we, I think, especially as women forget or let go of a lot is 
make sure your team knows what you want and how to make you happy. I think that, you know, that can be the part where we almost like shy away from it. Like, oh my gosh, I couldn't just say to my team, like, here's how to make me happy. But like, actually you could, and actually that's what they want to hear from you. Let's assume that they want to have a great experience in their job and they want to do a great, you know, job at it. Right. So with that in mind, they have to know what you want and how to make you happy. They are not mind readers. We cannot expect them to be. We really have to work that muscle of truly being a CEO, truly being able to clearly and super effectively communicate what we want, how we want it, what we like, what makes us happy. One of my favorite quotes on leadership is from Theodore Hesburgh. And he says, hold on, let me actually just like pull it up because I'm probably going <laughs> to absolutely butcher it here. But he's basically talking about how important it is as a leader to create that certainty for your team. And he says the very essence of leadership is that you have to have a vision. You can't blow an uncertain trumpet. And so you can't blow an uncertain trumpet is something that I have always tried to live by in leadership. When I had a large team at the nonprofit, I actually had that sign in my office and like really made it my job to feel like, okay, my job is to blow a certain trumpet for like people to feel clear. Right. And now I know in my business, like what they need to feel clear on is what I want, what my vision is and how to make me happy. And I don't mean that in like a really princessy, like you must keep me happy way. But I mean that in a way of like, they are not going to know unless I tell them. So if what makes me really happy is when you like give me a to do with a deadline, it would be really important for them to know that because it would be super easy for them to execute on that. But without knowing that, how could they? Maybe someone else they work for feels the exact opposite and would be totally put off if someone gave them a to-do with a deadline, right? We have to remember that our team members are often working for other people with different desires, different personalities, and different things that make them happy. So really being able to conceptualize that for your team is so important. That is something I have worked with Megan on like extensively, and it's something I still really work on. Like if somebody does something on our team, that makes me really happy. I will stop. I will make note of it. I will call it out. I will tell Megan, I will be like this, this makes me so happy. This is so useful. Thank you so much. Like that clarity of just taking that extra step to be like, yes, this please more (laughs) is wildly useful. Again, your team wants to do a great job. They're not like, you know, out there being like, this is just how I want to do it. So too bad. They're like, okay, well, I'm just like taking a guess because she didn't tell me. So you know, hopefully she likes it or you could just tell them. Right. So that's like a very small example of like, okay, you know, like I like it when you give me a to do with a deadline, but a much larger example might be like, what is the vision for the business? Right. You know, my team knows something that I talk about is like a lit up life is like a 10 seat bar. That's our model. That's our vision. That's how we run it. We want a 10 seat bar with a line out the door. And so like, they know the vision, they know how we operate. They know what our model is. They know where we're going. They know what our plan is. Like every single thing I've done in my business, whether that was like go on maternity leave, launch datable, any of those things, my team gets whatever it is, like a video, a message from me beforehand explaining all of that, because I want them to feel like they are part of that vision and that I am blowing a certain trumpet and that they are not going to like go online and be like, oh, whoa, Lacey's pregnant, didn't know that. Or like, oh, weird, Lacey's launching another business. Like what the heck, right? I want them to know like my job is to create certainty and clarity for them. And so I can 
easily do that by taking a couple of these extra steps. So if you want not only like a team that operates really well, but the best experience for you as a CEO, please make sure your team knows what you want and how to make you happy. So obvious, but so undervalued. So the next part of that, that I want to talk about is make sure you have someone else who is holding the top of the puzzle box with you. So I always talk to my clients about this and I always say it in this way, because if you think about it, what your team is effectively doing in your business is putting together a bunch of puzzle pieces, right? Like your graphic designer might be doing this, your content person might be doing this, your VA is doing this. Like we're effectively putting a bunch of puzzle pieces together that fit in the way that we want it to. And like the image that's on the top of the puzzle box, right? And if you're the only one that knows the image on the top of the puzzle box, it's going to be really, really, really hard to put all those pieces together because one, someone else doesn't know that. And two, you're going to get so busy that it's really hard for you to help everyone put all of those pieces together. This is something I see a lot of people struggle with when they're, you know, trying to go from, I would say, maybe like that six figure mark to like multiple six figures is a lot of times that up to that point, they have been the only one holding the top of the puzzle box. And now they're becoming the bottleneck because they're overwhelmed. They have more stuff on, they have more clients and they're the only one that knows what that image is on the top. And so they're bottlenecking everything. So if you're really at a point where it's time to grow and scale, please make sure you have someone else who's holding the top of that puzzle box with you. For me, that's Megan. You guys know that, right? Like she knows what that vision is. She knows how the pieces fit together. She probably knows the image on the top of that puzzle box better than I do, honestly, at this point. But if no one else is holding that with you, it is going to feel really hard to run your team. And what a lot of my clients will say to me is like, well, you're holding that with me. Like you're totally the person holding the top of the puzzle box with me as my coach and partner. And that is true, but I'm not interfacing with your team. So yes, you need a coach and a mentor and a support person in that way that's holding that, but you also need someone that's operating within the business and team holding it for you as well. So just know those are different things, right? The way I'm going to hold that vision is totally different than the way like your OBM or COO is going to hold that vision. So just really remember like if that person or that role is missing in your business of someone else on the team, managing the team, that is holding the top of that puzzle box. If that is not happening in your business and you're at six figures plus, like this is why you feel stressed. <laughs> or if you have someone in that role and you're like, well, they're in that role, but they for sure don't hold the top of the puzzle box. This is also why you're stressed. <laughs> so just know that this can be a way to create such a better experience for you as the CEO, but quite honestly, a better experience for your team as well, because how hard is it to put together a puzzle when you don't know what's on the top of the box? It's basically impossible, right? You could maybe kind of feel your way through it. Probably depends on how complicated it is, but it's going to take 10 times as long and going to be exponentially more frustrating. So by having that person that is there that can hold that, that is not just you who has to do all of the other CEO things and who can directly interface between you and team, everyone is going to have a better experience. So I'd really stop and ask yourself that if I don't have that role, is it time and do I need it? And if I do have that role, do I truly feel like this is someone else holding the top of the puzzle box with me? If the answer is no, that's something to work on. That is such a gap that can make all the difference in how things operate, how much of a well-oiled machine you're creating. Okay. So next thing, 
make sure your company culture, and I'm saying this in quotations because I don't love this word, but like rules are clear. So I say rules, but I feel like that feels more rigid than I intend for it to. But for the purposes of this conversation, we'll just roll with that word. But we definitely have some like company philosophies or rules at A Lit Up Life that really, really serve us and are very clear to everyone on our team. Number one, nothing is an emergency. You guys have probably heard me talk about that before. Best thing I ever did for my business was decide nothing is an emergency and also give that gift to my team. We can talk about that more. Clients come first is our second one. We give feedback early, often, and frequently (laughs) is our third. And our fourth is I have your back. So I'll talk about all of those individually. These do not have to be yours by any means, but having your own philosophies and rules, having your own company culture that is clearly communicated to your team creates the optimal team, the optimal team experience, and the optimal experience for you as a CEO. So nothing is an emergency is our biggest one. I feel like it is so easy to be reactionary and have everyone on the team running around like a chicken with their head cut off. And that is not how I want to feel in my business. That is not how I want people that interact with our business to feel. That is not how I want my team members to feel. So what we have ultimately decided is nothing is an emergency, which means If something has to shift, we will shift it. If a deadline needs to get moved, it will get moved. Like we are not operating from stress, urgency, and reactivity. And it's so helpful because I get to operate like that as a CEO, but our team gets to too. So as a company, we feel that ease as opposed to me being really reactionary, which just rolls down. So Yes, it's really helpful for a team to know that they don't have to treat anything as an emergency, but it's really helpful for me as a CEO to hold myself to that standard as well. Our next one is clients come first. So yes, nothing's an emergency, but in order of priority, clients are always, always, always first at a lit up life. So that helps team members too. Say they have four tasks on their plate and one of them is for a client, right? That's what they need to do first. Like it's just clear to them. And so it's not reactionary or emergency-based, it's priority-based. So our clients come first means we will drop everything else if a client needs something. This is not to be reactive and this is not to say it has to get done in one hour. It's just to make our order of operations really clear. And so team doesn't even have to ask. Like They don't have to be like, hey, Megan, should I do this first or this first? Like If a client needs something, they know the answer. So this just makes it really, really easy for them to self-lead and self-prioritize, which is very helpful. Okay, next one is we give lots of feedback early and often. So what that means is we have just normalized feedback on our team. I think that it's so important that when someone comes on to our team, we say to them like, hey, you will get feedback from us like early, often, frequently. This is not indicative of the fact that we are not happy with you. This is our team culture. This is how we operate. This is what we feel like is best. So someone doesn't come on and go, oh my God, I'm getting all this feedback. This is horrible. They're like, oh, that's part of like how we operate here. It's normalized. It's not a big deal. The reason we do that is because I think transparency is everything and it goes both ways. Like I want them to give me lots of feedback too, right? But I think transparency is everything. I always want someone to know where they stand with us. I always want someone to know that if they are doing something that we are not loving or that we would like to change, they will always directly hear that from us. I never want anyone to feel blindsided. I never want anyone to feel like, you know, if we have to let them go, that they would be surprised. Like these are so important to me. Um, And I think it is the most respectful way to operate your team 
because I feel like what happens so often with contractors is someone's like unhappy with them, doesn't give feedback, then blindsides them by being like, well, I've actually been unhappy for four months with all of this stuff. And I think that is such a toxic environment for everyone. So we do give a lot of feedback, like, and it can be on really little things, but what's nice about it is that it's so normalized that nobody's like offended by it or it doesn't feel like somebody's getting reprimanded. It's just like, this is how we do and vice versa. Like you're welcome to give us Megan or I lots of feedback on how you're feeling about things too. So letting people know that early and often makes it so much easier and so much more normalized the entire time they're on the team. And they feel like that transparency and respect is just everything. Last one is I have your back. So I think this probably applies to Megan a little bit more than the rest of the team, but in general, everyone, which is like, if Megan makes a decision on my behalf, I will back that decision a hundred percent. And she knows that it doesn't mean like her and I might not have a separate conversation where I'm like, Hey, in the future, like maybe let's decide this instead. But like, if she made a decision as like a representation of me or to take something off my plate, like she will have my full support in that decision, even if it's not necessarily the exact one that I make. And we will figure that out later. I will never throw her under the bus with like a client. I will never do anything that makes her feel like I don't have her back. And obviously it doesn't mean I could never mess up and do that. In which case she would be able to say to me like, Hey, we kind of have this philosophy that like you have my back and I didn't feel like that in that situation you know, we've certainly had tough conversations in regard to certain things like this. So it's not to say you have to be perfect, but it's to say, like, I always try to operate with being like, Hey, if I'm going to give you the role of decision maker in our business, then I'm going to back you on that. I'm not going to give you the role of decision maker in our business and then make you feel like you could constantly get it wrong and be in trouble. Right. What I find is that when you give that to your team, that I have your back mentality, they give it back to you. Like that is what creates team. Like we have each other's backs, right? So just again, these don't have to be the ones that you have, but like, do you have clear rules and philosophies? Do you have a company culture? And is that clearly communicated? Those things make such a difference. Like these are just ours and you know, you might like one of them, you might like none of them, you might like all of them. It really doesn't matter. But what matters is having them, (laughs) right? What matters is having a team that understands how you think, how you function, how they can function on that team and what the culture is overall. That will make you feel so much more cohesive. That will make you feel like you have an optimal team because you're really operating from values and philosophies that you truly believe in. And for you as the CEO, you are going to feel so proud to lead that team because of that. So please, 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 if you have not done this, even if you have one team member, you guys, this is still so valuable. Megan and I had nothing as an emergency and clients come first before we ever had a single other person on our team and it mattered and it made a difference. So don't be afraid to create these and lean into these. Even if you feel like silly telling your VA this, like I promise they will appreciate it. Okay. Next thing is be the example. So, you know, this one can be a hard one as a CEO, because sometimes I think as a CEO, we feel like, yeah, but I'm the one that's so busy or I'm the one that you know, needs the most like grace or leeway or whatever. And like, I totally get that because you just do hold way more as a CEO. But 
If you can be the example of what you want to see on your team, I promise you will see that on your team more. So one example of this that I talk about all the time is I get my shit done on time, right? Like if team gives me a deadline, it's getting done. Like I'm recording this solo podcast because Megan told me she needs it today. (laughs) So like I did not actually feel like doing this this morning because it is like rainy. I was tired, like did not feel like it, but like this is how I roll because this is how I want my team to roll. Like I have a deadline for today and I'm not moving it because it's rainy and I'm tired, right? Like obviously if I was like sick or whatever, that would be different. And quite honestly, this has gotten moved because I did lose my voice. So it's like, she really does need it today. So all that to say, know that how you operate, right? Is what will roll down. Like kind of like the, I have your back thing that I was talking about. If you treat your team, like you have their back, they will want to treat you the same. If you treat your deadlines seriously, your team will, right? If the CEO is constantly missing deadlines, it's going to be really easy for the team to just feel like, oh, we don't take those that seriously here. Like you're creating company culture by what you do and how you show up. If you don't like whatever communication channel you have, like if it's like, if you don't answer your Slack messages, your team's going to start thinking it's not important to answer Slack messages. Like you are setting a standard, you are setting a culture by everything you do in your business. So if you want to have a great experience as a CEO, right, you really want to be the example that you want to set. Like you don't want to be the one being like, well, I'm the exception to the rule, but everyone else needs to do this. It's so hard to run a company that way. People do not learn that way. That is not how they're going to truly be able to learn and show up. I think it's, you know, a lot like (laughs) parenting from what I can tell so far, which is that it's easy to tell your child something, but if you show them, if you are that example, that is so different. And so, yeah, it's just the same here. Like us humans learn by watching, by experiencing, by the energy of it. And so you can say anything, but being the example is so different. So Again, one of my examples here is like, I meet my deadlines, I get my shit done on time. I have a team who routinely does that, right? So you might have something totally different here that's really, really important to you, but what do you need to be the example of to create the optimal team that's functioning in a way that you want to and feel really, really good as the CEO? I would definitely stop and ask yourself that this week. It can make all the difference in the world. Next thing is really remembering that small things add up. I think it's so easy to take so many things on ourselves because we're like, that takes five minutes. That takes 10 minutes. That's whatever. That's going to be so fast and I'll get it done in 15 between calls, whatever. And the truth is small things add up. Like they really, really do. 10 extra minutes a day, you know, like is almost an hour of your week. Like where you could have had a client or imagine like an extra hour of your week if you were creating content or doing marketing or in front of your ideal client, like small things add up so much. So find ways that you can get yourself out of those small things. So one rule or philosophy that I have is I try to not be the starter of almost any project. Now, again, is this like perfect across the board? Of course not. But like in general, the reason I say rule is because like obviously sometimes rules are meant to be broken, but as a best practice rule, I try to not be the starter of almost any project because it saves me a lot of time. So for example, 
if I wanted to say like redo a sales page and maybe I wanted to write the copy or something, I would say to Megan, like, Hey, I'd love to like redo the sales page, love new design. I want to write the copy. I'd love to have it go out on X date. Okay. She's going to be the starter of that project. So she's going to assign things to our graphic designer. She might assign me the copy, give a deadline on when that needs to happen by when she would need it to get it on the page, blah, blah, blah. And then she's also going to like grab the content that's already on the sales page and put it in a Google doc for me so I can start editing it. Could I have gone and grabbed the content on that page myself? Sure. Would it have taken me five minutes? Sure. Do those five minutes add up over time? 1000% slash the decision fatigue of it. So say I go in and I open that to do, and I'm like, oh shit, I still have to go grab that copy. I didn't do it yet. I'm going to click out of the to-do and move on to something else. If I open that to do and I'm like, great, there's the copy I need. Here's the deadline. It's by let's get moving. And I'm like actually executing on the task in like 30 seconds. Everything is easier for me, right? If I had to take that extra time to like go find the thing, think about finding the thing, clicking out of the to do, coming back to it later, da, da, da. who knows how much decision fatigue and time I would have wasted on that. That does not need to be wasted if I can let my team support me right? Small things add up. Again, in the context of that one thing, would those 10, 15, 20 minutes be a big deal? No, probably not. But it's never one thing. It's what you're teaching yourself and your team long-term because it's 30 of those over the course of, you know, several years in business. And like, does all that add up? 1000%. So remember that small things add up. Remember to tell your team, the ways they can support you, i.e. like, I would love for you to put this link in here so I can grab it when I'm like ready to get working and try on that rule of like, maybe if you don't have to be the starter of any project, you dive in, you're in less decision fatigue and you get them done way faster, but don't forget about the small things adding up. If you don't take that into consideration, right? It's kind of amazing (laughs) how, tough things can feel over time. And you're like, why do things feel tough? These are so small, right? But again, it adds up and you have to treat it like that. And your team is happy to help you. They're there to support you, but you have to communicate that. And you really have to, what I had to do personally is surrender control, right? And like, let Megan be the starter of every project and not feel like I had to control it from the beginning. But once I did, like I really was functioning as a CEO and it made all the difference. And my team was functioning more optimally too, because Megan had the top of the puzzle box was connecting the dots, was getting me what I needed. I was getting it done quicker. Like everybody functions better from that place. So really, really important to just remember that and to think about, you know, like what might be that rule for you? How can you notice when small things are adding up? How can you ask for the thing that maybe feels slightly ridiculous that you could do yourself, but that would actually make a big difference for you, which is sort of my last point. Like I think a lot of this is something that we could struggle with as women because it's like asking for that little bit extra, extra communicative on what makes us happy, extra clear on what we believe and what our philosophies are, extra clear on how we want to show up and how we expect others to show up. Like I think sometimes that clarity can really rub up against some of our like enoughness stuff and our people-pleasing stuff, but it makes such a difference and it really is what makes you a great leader. It's what makes you a great CEO, right? So really just wanting to kind of gift that permission with this too, is that 
these things can feel stretchy because they are, and it really is better for you. It really is better for your team. Like do not forget that this is not just about serving you. It really is about creating a great experience for your team too. I think we can all think back to a boss that we've worked for that wasn't clear and how frustrating that can be. And so just remembering like the gift of like clarity and transparency is the best thing you can give your team. And quite honestly, the best thing you can give yourself. And again, remember, not all of this is perfect. Like just because you're doing all of these things, it doesn't mean you might not have a team member who's struggling, or you might not have to rework things, or you will never have to let anyone go. Like these things happen over time. Like this doesn't mean you suck. This is how business works. This is called being in business for years. This is the course of business, right? Like it's so important to normalize this and know that none of this is like the magic bullet to never have a problem, but it can make those problems feel less like a big deal because you have these pieces to fall back on and to hold you through it. So I really hope this helps. I cannot stress enough how important it is to focus on this, to focus on team, to give that your energy and attention because it is the backbone of every single thing you do in a growing and scaling business. So Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. If it was, I would love to hear your feedback. Reach out to me, email me, reach out on Instagram, find me in my Facebook group. Would love, love to hear your thoughts on all this. All right, thanks guys. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you are going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three-minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to aliduplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.